are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man Jacob Goins here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. Sun is shining. It's a beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hopefully you're having a good day as well. We have made it to the weekend. Just today we've got this afternoon and then we get out of here for the weekend. So hopefully you have some good plans. I haven't looked at the weather, so I'm not too sure what it's supposed to look like. Uh, But hopefully you've got something good planned. Maybe you're just going to chill at the house and relax. Maybe you're going out to do some stuff. Whatever it may be, I hope you've had a good week, and I hope you have a great weekend. But before the weekend, we've got a great show on tap for you today, so make sure you stay tuned all two hours. We're here from 2 to 4 here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Phone lines are open. I'd love to hear from you. Call in. Be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. You can call in, talk about anything you want to talk about related to sports, anything I'm talking about, anything else that's on your mind going on in the sports sports world call in be on the line i'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 well we've got a lot to talk about today and i keep the countdown to kick off every single day here on the show and what did i say I said the countdown to 50 is on, and guess what, folks? We are 50 days away from Auburn football kicking off the 2022 season. That is right, 50 days from September 3rd. I am so excited. We've got a lot to talk about on that today, and I'm telling you, from here on out, right, from here on out, it is July 15th, and we are 50 days away from Auburn kicking off the season. And what's good about that is there is some football before Auburn kicks off. Vanderbilt plays, I think, a week before everybody else. They play at Hawaii, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then there's a couple of games on that Thursday night. I think two teams from the SEC, Tennessee has a game, and Missouri have a game as well. And so... You have that to look forward to, but we are 50 days away from Auburn kicking off the season, and with that being said, there's a lot that has to go down between now and kickoff, and we're going to talk about that later in hour number one, but to start off here today on this Friday afternoon, I want to talk about the games that I'm most excited for on Auburn's football schedule this season. I also want to talk about the games that I'm most scared about, the ones that I'm worried about Auburn in this upcoming season, and then ultimately the realistic expectations. What can we realistically expect to see from Auburn football this season on the football field? We're going to talk offense, defense, and performance. We're going to talk coaching and ultimately the record. You know, what can we realistically expect and what should we expect from Auburn this season as we are 50 days away from the college football season? And let me know how excited you are. I'd love to hear from you. You can call in 334-321-1390. You can tweet at the show at ESPN1067. You can tweet at me at Goins2. 
to Jacob, G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B. Let me know if you're excited for 50 days away from the college football season. I can't wait. And what's so great is from this point on, it's going to fly by. It, it does every single year. I don't know why. But I think at this point, the anticipation really, really starts to ramp up. And that's why we have SEC Media Days next week, right? That's really what it's about. It's a glorified week of hyping up the college football season. They call it the unofficial kickoff to the season for a reason. That's what it's for. I've talked about how at SEC Media Days, you're not going to get just groundbreaking world shocking information but there is good stuff and you do want to pay attention and listen to what the players and the coaches have to say because there is some good content to come out of it but again uh, Nick Saban's not going to come out and retire next week or Brian Harson's not going to come out and say and name a starting quarterback those aren't the types of things that get said but it is a great week to get you ready for the college football season and speaking of which If you've missed the announcement, I've posted it on social media. I've talked about it here on the show all week long. Next week, with SEC Media Days being in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame, we will be live from SEC Media Days on Radio Row Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, ESPN 106.7. All three of our shows will be live from Radio Row. You're going to have the Max Roundtable from 11 to 2, and then you're going to have me, Jacob Goins, on the line from 2 to 4, and then you're going to have the drive from 4 to 6. Back to back to back live talk shows from Radio Row at SEC Media Days all four days next week. We're all so excited to be going over there and producing uh, great shows, having great content, great guests. Uh, We got a lot going on, a lot lined up for next week. So really, really excited. The Max Roundtable guys will be there. I'm going to be there. Dan Peck, who co-hosts The Drive, he will be uh, hopping out with my show a little bit too as well. And then he will be connecting to The Drive from Atlanta. Bill Cameron, the host of The Drive, will still be here in Auburn. So they'll kind of do a split a split up division there on The Drive. But ESPN 106.7 will be in Atlanta for SEC Media Days all four days. We're heading over Sunday afternoon. And really just super, super excited and, uh, and honored to have this opportunity to go over and give you guys as much content as possible. We've got some great guests coming on the show, uh, hopefully trying to add a couple of more. We're going to talk about all of the, the coaches and the players' comments each and every day. So just really excited. It's going to be a great week in Atlanta. So make sure you tune in every day next week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll be live from SEC Media Days on Radio Row. And then Friday, we'll be back here, and we're going to wrap up all of what we talked about and everything that was said last week. So a great week of content next week here on On the Line and ESPN 106.7 overall. Really excited for that. The Max Roundtable, On the Line, and The Drive all week long from SEC Media Days next week. But like I said, we are 50 days away from the college football season for Auburn kicking off. Uh, Most of the SEC will kick off on September 3rd as well. Just like Auburn, you know, LSU plays that Sunday night against Florida State. So they spread it out a little bit to give you uh, the most football on the most days. And then after that, of course, most of it will be on Saturdays. But we are 50 days away, and I kind of want to talk about the, the upcoming schedule for Auburn football because... Look, there's some really good games on this schedule, and we've talked about it a little bit already, but 
I want to talk about the games that I'm most excited about, the games that I'm scared for, right? The games that I'm worried about, let's say that, the games I'm worried about for Auburn on this schedule, and then ultimately the realistic or unrealistic expectations for this season and what we should expect to see this fall for Auburn. And so you can chime in. I'd love to hear from you. What are some games you're excited for? What are some games you're worried about on this upcoming Auburn football schedule? And then as of this point, on July 15th, we're 50 days away. What are your expectations for this season? What do you want to see from Brian Harson and this football team this fall? Do you want 10 wins? Do you want 8 wins? Do you just want a 500 season? What do you want? I mean, do you expect an SEC championship? What do you want to see? And then ultimately, what do you think we're going to see? Answer any of those questions. I'd love to hear from you. Call in, be on the line, 334-321-1390. When you start looking up and down this schedule for Auburn, and as we get closer to the football season, we'll talk about this some more, but I thought it was a great thing to talk about since we're 50 days away. Start breaking down this schedule a little bit. Talk about the games I'm excited about, the games that I'm worried about. Later on here in hour number one, I'm going to talk about what needs to happen for Auburn football in the next 50 days if we want this season to be a success. I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in this first hour. But just looking at this schedule for Auburn right now, of course, it starts on September 3rd against Mercer. And what's great about this Auburn schedule is you start the year with five straight home games. I I can't remember a time where Auburn started with five straight home games. I mean, that's pretty unheard of for a major college football program to start with five straight home games. I'm I'm sure it happens, but it's not very common for this to happen And what what has to happen for Auburn is you've got to take advantage of it, right? You have to be able to to take advantage of a five-game homestand to start your season. Most teams are going to take advantage and go 5-0, and oh, depending on who you play, right? It, it definitely depends on who you play. But when you look at the schedule for Auburn, we've talked about these first five games and how important they are to the season. If you ask me, they are the most important games of the entire season. Why is that? Because if you get off to a hot start, things are going to be okay, right? If you go, let's say Auburn starts 5-0. and You have Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, and LSU. Let's say Auburn starts 5-0, and okay? Let's say they start 5-0, and and then after that, you have Georgia, you have at Georgia, and at Ole Miss. Let's say you go 1-1 one and one in those games. I give Auburn enough credit to win one of those, even if they lose both. Right, you're still five and two, possibly six and one. You have Arkansas at home. That's a 50-50 game. You have at Mississippi State. You should be better than them, but Auburn has not played well in Starkville over the last couple of years. You have Texas A&M at home. That's a tough game, but you are in Jordan-Hare Stadium. You have Western Kentucky, so you can give that a win. And then you have at Alabama, which we know how tough that's going to be. But if you start out five and zero, oh, all of your other games besides Western Kentucky are considered toss-ups. And so at that point, you would have to basically, if you go 5-0, and you're going to get the Western Kentucky game. You have your six wins. You would have to lose the rest of your games for the season to be a failure. I don't think that's going to happen for Auburn, right? Not necessarily saying that Auburn goes 5-0 and in those first five, but I think they can. Even if you go 4-1, and I think you're okay. You have room for error down the road. But if you're Auburn and you go 3-2 and in those first five games... You can chalk up the season. It's going to be over with before it even gets off the ground. 
If you go three and two in those first five, you can go ahead and wrap it up. Because if you can't beat Penn State, Missouri, and LSU, then you may as well wrap it up because you're not going to beat Georgia or any other SEC West team. If you can't win those first five or at least four out of those five, you're not going to beat anybody else on your schedule. That's why the first five are so important to get off to a hot start, to build some momentum around this program with the fans and the the team and the media. Build a little momentum around this team and get off to a hot start and build some confidence as well. That's why uh, it's so important for those first five games. But when I talk about and want to look at some of the games I'm really excited for on this schedule for Auburn, of course, the Penn State game in week three, September 17th, 2.30 in Auburn. You're playing Penn State. It's 2.30 CBS. Yeah, we wanted the nighttime game, but you know what? It's still the best game of the day. CBS picked it up, and they put it in their best time slot for Auburn and Penn State to play. It's an all-Auburn, all-orange game. That's what they have on the website. So it's going to be an orange out. Should be a fantastic atmosphere. Should be a great game. I don't think Penn State's going to be any better than they were last year. And I think Auburn is going to be better than they were last year. You go up to Penn State, a game that Auburn probably should have won. Right? I was there. I know a lot of you were there as well. I know everybody was watching it. That's a game that Auburn could have and probably should have won. But you come back home for revenge this year. That's a fantastic matchup. I really look forward to it. I'm excited to go cover the game, talk about the game. It's going to be a lot of fun, Auburn versus Penn State. You look at some of the other games that I'm really excited about, Arkansas at home. I think that will be a wonderful matchup in Jordan-Hare Stadium late October. The weather should be nice. It'll be late October. It shouldn't be too hot anymore. You're going to have Arkansas at home where Auburn, it's a, it's a blue, it's a navy out, blue out, however you want to say that. Auburn has performed really well at home against Arkansas over the last couple of years. Auburn has performed well against Arkansas in general, right? Besides the, the, the couple of games where it's been a little sketchy, Auburn has generally performed pretty well against Arkansas. I think the Razorbacks are going to be a fantastic team this year. I really do. They have a lot of talent, more talent than people give them credit for, and I think Sam Pittman's a fantastic coach. And I think this will be a great game inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. I look forward to the Texas A&M game at home, the Military Appreciation Day, November 12th, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Look, chances are Texas A&M's going to have more talent than you. We can go ahead and say that. But you are at home, and it's near the end of the season Who knows what these two teams are going to look like down the stretch. This is the third to last game of the year. Who knows what Auburn and Texas A&M are going to look like at this point. This could be a fantastic game. This could be a blowout on either side. You have no idea what this will look like. I'm looking forward to that game. And to be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to the game at Ole Miss, October 15th, after, after Auburn goes to Georgia. And let's just be honest, after they probably lose on the road at Georgia okay we can be realistic with ourselves here I'm gonna tell you like it is we can be realistic Auburn is supposed to lose at Georgia I think they can fight and and make it a a tough game but let's just be honest you look at the game against Ole Miss on October 15th what a fantastic game and opportunity for Brian Harson to get this program a first big win on the road in this season You go and you lose at Georgia probably, not saying it's 100%, but I think it's a great opportunity to go to Oxford, 
play an Ole Miss team that's going to be very motivated, very talented, very well coached by Lane Kiffin, and Auburn has a chance to go into Ole Miss and get a win under their belt before coming home for Arkansas. I think it'll be a great game. Very offensive. I think who plays the better defense may win, and it'll be interesting to see where these two teams stand halfway through the season on October 15th. Because at that point, these teams are going to have six games under their belt. We're going to know exactly where these two teams stand by the time Auburn travels to Ole Miss on October 15th. Will Auburn be beat up and defeated after the Georgia game? Is Auburn going to be 3-3 three and three going into this? Or can Auburn be 5-1, and 4-2, something like that? There's a great chance for Auburn to have a, a great performance at Ole Miss. This can be one of those games for Auburn this year that could be the turning point of the season. If you go to Ole Miss and you get that win, you're off and running. But if you go to Ole Miss after losing to Georgia the week before and you lose to Ole Miss, then you have to come home for Arkansas? Yeah, you may not have the best season outcome, right? There's a lot to go down at that game at Ole Miss. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Some of the games that I am a little worried about, okay, we know there's some tough games on this schedule. If you look at it, Auburn plays the toughest schedule in America. They play the toughest schedule in America for a reason. They play in the SEC West. And then they play the hardest crossover game out of any other team in the nation. And I would die on that. No team plays a harder crossover game from division to division than Auburn. You play Georgia, the defending national champions. And so, yeah, I am worried about that game. That game worries me because Auburn has not played Georgia very well over the last couple of years, especially in Athens coming off of a team who just won the national championship. Are they going to be as good as last year? No. But I think Georgia is still going to be a a really, really good football team. Just because they lost a lot of talent doesn't mean that they don't still have talent. And that'll be Auburn's first road game of the year in Athens. I'm sure it'll somehow become a night game or a late afternoon that will become a night game. And I just don't know if Auburn's going to be able to keep up. But if you look at Georgia's schedule, they open up the season with Oregon, Samford, South Carolina on the road, home for Kent State, and then they go to Missouri. Georgia should be 5-0 coming into this game. And they probably will. Can Auburn be 5-0 going into that Georgia game? It worries me a little bit. And look, let's be honest. You want to talk about expectations. We can't expect Auburn to go in there and win this game. We can't realistically expect that. We can want that to happen, right? I want Auburn to win that game. I think everybody wants Auburn to win that game, but you can't expect that. Even if Auburn goes 5-0 and and they blow the doors off of all the first five opponents, realistically, you can't expect that. The Georgia game, it worries me, there's no doubt. We'll talk some more about this on the other side of this break. We're off and running here in hour number one on the Friday edition of On the Line. It's a great day on this Friday afternoon. Beautiful outside looking out the window here in the studio. What are some of the games you're excited about on Auburn's Auburn's schedule this year? And what games are you worried about a little bit as we are 50 days away from kickoff from Auburn in this 2022 season? Give me a call. Be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More Auburn football conversations on the other side of this break. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. 
Back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. A question of the day. We're sticking with the Auburn football conversation as we are 50 days away from the football season uh, kicking off for Auburn in 2022. I've been talking about the games that I'm most excited about. I'm going to talk about the games that I'm worried about coming up. If you want to call in and talk about those, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. But question of the day, in general, just a general question here, what are you most excited about for this upcoming football season? Whether it be Auburn football getting back in Jordan-Hare Stadium, whether it be the game day experience, whether it be chilling on the couch and watching football from 8 a.m. on college game day, watching it to Pac-12 at night, you know, Pac-12 after dark, watching it till 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever it may be, what are you most excited about in this upcoming college football season? It can be Auburn-related in general, anything you want. What are you most excited about for this upcoming college football season? Call in, be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Well, I talked about the games that I am most excited about, but what about the games I'm most worried about on this upcoming schedule uh, for Auburn football? Talked about the Georgia game. I think we can all agree we're worried about having to go to Athens, right? We're worried about Auburn having to go to Georgia for the first game uh, on the road this season. You really just don't know what you're going to see out of this Auburn team. And it's hard to say. It's only July 15th, right? It's hard to say what we're going to see out of Auburn in week six of the college football season. But I think that's why those first five games are so important. Because after that LSU game, we're going to know exactly where this Auburn team stands. You're going to have two cupcake games against Mercer and San Jose State. You're going to have a tough out-of-conference game in Penn State. And then you open up with two SEC opponents, Missouri out of the East and LSU from the West. And know that Missouri and LSU are not really this year going to be top-tier SEC championship-level talents, but they are going to be good and give you a tough game. Missouri is going to try and put 50 points on you, and LSU is just going to play you tough. And who knows what we're going to see out of an LSU team coached by Brian Kelly. We have no idea what that's going to look like. And so coming out of that stretch, we're going to know exactly where Auburn stands in week six when they go to Georgia. And I'm worried about it. I'll be honest. I'm extremely worried about the Georgia game. And some other games I'm worried about, I I said that I was excited about this game, but I'm also very worried about it. How about that game the very next week, October 15th at Ole Miss? Sure, I'm excited about it. I think it could be a fantastic game. I think it could be a huge momentum shift for Auburn in this season. I think it could be a massive win on the resume for Brian Harson and the Tigers. But there's no doubt that I'm worried about it. Ole Miss is going to be a good team this year. They have a great coach. They have a lot of talent. And they're at home. They're going to be motivated. And we looked at the schedule. We looked at their schedule, right? And we know that Ole Miss does not have the hardest schedule, right? Their schedule is pretty favorable when you look at it. You know who they play before Auburn? Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. That's it. That's all. They maybe, maybe have one loss on that schedule, and that's Kentucky. But Kentucky has to go to Oxford. I think Kentucky's going to be very good, But can they beat Ole Miss 
on the road? I don't know. I really don't know. And so there's a great chance that Ole Miss could be 6-0 and when Auburn comes to town. And Auburn's not going to be 6-0 and when they go to Ole Miss. If they are, you can call in and tell me I was wrong. And I will gladly say, yes, I was wrong. But there's a good chance Auburn could be 5-1. and That could be the game of the week in week six. It could be one of the games of the week, right? I'm excited about the game, but I'm also very worried because I think it could go one of two ways. I think Auburn could go to Ole Miss, handle business, and just outman Ole Miss and really show that Auburn is back and here to stay. Or Auburn goes to Oxford and gets the doors blown off and they get beat by 30. I don't think there's any in between. I don't think it's a shootout back and forth. I don't think it's, uh, you know, just a barn burner, last possession, Hail Mary, whatever it may be. I think Auburn either goes in there and manhandles them and takes care of business or Ole Miss just absolutely destroys them. And I just, I don't know. I have that weird feeling that that's how it's going to go down. We're a long ways away, but that's just kind of the vibe that I get when Auburn plays Ole Miss. Some other games I'm worried about. Obviously, at Mississippi State. And yeah, sure, a lot of these are road games. I've got another one that I'm worried about. We'll talk about it in just a second. But at Mississippi State, and I'm not worried about the matchup. If this game was in Jordan-Hare Stadium or this game was even on neutral site, I would pick Auburn just about every time. But we know that Auburn has not played very well in Starkville. We know Auburn has not played very well against Mississippi State on the road. Why? I don't know. But they just haven't. And the times that Auburn has gone on the road over there... It's been ugly the last couple of times. And so what is going to change this year to make that different? What is Auburn going to do to avoid having those struggles on the road at Mississippi State? Because, yes, they are a good team, and they've got some talent. They're not going to blow you away. They have Mike Leach, who's a fantastic coach, who they seem pretty set on having there for a while. And they're going to be ready to play. But Auburn should be better. Auburn should always be better than Mississippi State when it comes to football. Always. And so what is going to be different this year where Auburn can go on the road and take care of business? We should not have to sweat about Auburn going to Mississippi State. We shouldn't have to worry about that. That should be a game where we feel comfortable and confident going into and not have to worry about it. And then the next game, at home against Texas A&M. Sure, I'm excited. I'm worried. A&M is supposed to be good. This is the year that A&M is supposed to put it all together. They've got talent. Jimbo's been there long enough. This is the year that A&M fans want results. Will they get it? And at this point, November 12th, like I said, this is the third to last game of the year. A&M's going to be good by this point. And if they're not, then the whole fan base is going to riot. And then, of course, the Alabama game at the end. You're on the road in Tuscaloosa for the Iron Bowl. It's tough to play there, man. But we know one thing about the Iron Bowl. It's anybody's game, anytime, any year. That's a long way away from now. We're 50 days away from the college football season. Give me a call. Answer the question. I'd love to hear from you. Call in. Be on the line. we got 30 minutes left here in hour number one. Stay tuned. A lot more Auburn football talk coming up. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
Back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Open, like a sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on this Friday afternoon. It is gorgeous outside. I know it's hot, but it is gorgeous outside. Again, I haven't looked at the weather, uh, so not too sure what it's going to do this weekend. Hopefully it stays nice and it doesn't rain. What about the rain we had the other night? Oh my goodness, it rained. It poured. All It started like the afternoon and just went all night long into yesterday. And then all of a sudden when I got off of work, the rain stopped, the sun came out, and it was hot as could be. I mean, just like that. So you got to love Alabama, right? But halfway through hour number one here on this Friday afternoon on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Call in, be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Talking all things Auburn football as we are 50 days away from kickoff on September 3rd. I'm excited. I hope you are as well. Give me a call. Let me know what you're excited about for this upcoming season. Uh, What games are you most excited about for Auburn? Which games are you worried about for Auburn? And then again, what are you excited about overall for this upcoming season? I'd love to hear from you. Call in, be on the line. I'd love for you to be a part of the show. 334-321-1390. Well, as we are 50 days away from this Auburn football season, some things need to happen between now and then for Brian Harson and this program to make sure we are ready for this upcoming season and we're going to talk about those things right now. We're going to talk about the QB situation, right? We know that a quarterback has not been selected yet. We're going to talk about that. Also, what the vibes need to be like around this program in 50 days from now when the season kicks off. What needs to be the mood around the program, whether it be the team, the fan base, the media. We're going to talk about that as well. Also, what's the mindset that needs to be had by the players and the coaches on this staff? Because we know what this season has to be. But what is the mindset of the players and the team? We're going to talk about that as well. And then ultimately, the recruiting aspect. What needs to happen on the recruiting trail? And then what will cure all? We've talked about it a lot. We'll talk about that some more here in this segment. If you want to call in, be a part of the program of this segment, give me a call, 334-321-1390. Well, like I said... We know the biggest question mark coming into the season is the quarterback position. Who is going to jog out on the field 50 days from now on September 3rd against Mercer for Auburn? Who's it going to be? Right? We know there are, realistically, there's three guys in the room that have a chance to be Auburn's starting quarterback. You have TJ Finley who was the backup to Bo Nix last year. And after Nix went out, TJ Finley came in. And you could say what you want about his performance down the stretch. Auburn dropped the ball on a lot of games. TJ Finley, his performance was meh, right? It was okay. You have TJ Finley, the returning quote-unquote starter for Auburn. You have Zach Calzada, the transfer quarterback coming in who has shown already he can sling it. He has a great arm. He's coming off of offseason surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, he seems to be doing fine after that. You have a guy that has a, some college experience and some good college experience who has beaten some big-time teams, including Alabama. And then you have Robbie Ashford, who is the young guy in the room who has shown some athletic ability. We saw it during the A-Day game, the spring game for Auburn. He has a lot of athletic ability. And if you ask me, I've said this before, if this was Gus Malzahn, who was still running this team and running this offense, 
I think Robbie Ashford would end up being your starting quarterback. I really do. I think he would. And I say that because we've seen what this guy can do with his legs. We know he has that athletic ability. He has that ability to extend plays, get out of the pocket, scramble. His throwing accuracy and and consistency, sure, it's probably pretty solid. Is it where we want it to be right now? Probably not. But I think he would end up being your starter because he's that type of quarterback that Gus Malzahn loves. But this isn't Gus Malzahn's program anymore. He's not here. He's long gone. And the players that were like him and that he liked have gone with him. And that's okay. That is totally fine. This is Brian Harson's program now. And so looking at this quarterback battle, what needs to happen in the next 50 days? You need to name a quarterback. Name a starter. And a lot of times we've seen the trend of you know college football coaches and programs they don't formally announce their starting quarterback they just wait until game day and the kickoff you know the kickoff happens the offense jogs out on the field and the starter will put his helmet on and run out on the field and that's the first time we see who's going to start but in this case scenario for Auburn I don't know if that's the best decision and here's why we all know who the starter is going to be. You can deny it. You can say, no, I don't think so. I think it's going to be TJ. Or maybe you think it's going to be Robbie Ashford. You can say that, and if you believe it, that's totally fine. But that's not going to be the case. We all know that Zach Calzada will be the starting quarterback for Auburn. A guy like him, with his skill set and his eligibility and his athleticism and his mindset a guy like that does not come to Auburn with a new system a new coach and so much opportunities he does not come to Auburn to be a backup that's not how this is going to go down we know that Zach Calzada will be the starting quarterback come September 3rd in 50 days but here's what I'm saying needs to happen we, we need to name him the starting quarterback before game one. And here's why. People know he's going to be the starting quarterback. If we know that's the situation, other teams around the SEC and other teams like Mercer and San Jose State, they know he's going to be the starter. They're studying film on him. He's the best quarterback in the room, so why wouldn't he be the starter? And so not naming a starter to try and quote-unquote confuse the opponent, that's not going to happen here. They all know. And even if that's the case, and they are preparing for, you know, TJ Finley or whoever, they're going to prepare for all of them if they're smart about it. They're going to prepare for multiple quarterbacks in multiple different situations and multiple different play sets because that's probably going to happen. I would bet that we probably see a little bit of other quarterbacks this year in different play styles and different play calls. But at the end of the day, Zach Calzada is going to be your man. And so, in my opinion, why don't we go ahead and once fall practice starts a week or two in, let's have that quarterback competition. Let's have that that day where we decide who's going to be the leader on this team, who's going to be the starting quarterback, and with a couple of weeks before the season starts, let's name him QB1. Because what that will do, that will give the team somebody to rally around. That will give the team a leader on and off the field. 
If they know two weeks before the season, okay, this is our starting quarterback. Let's rally around him. Let's do what we need to do to make sure he can do what he needs to do for us to try to win some football games. You have two weeks to rally around your guy and support him and practice with him being QB1. And so you have a solid two weeks to be fully prepared with your quarterback who is going to be your starter rather than the opposite where you have three guys taking QB1 reps in practice and then the team, they know also, right? They know who the starter is going to be. But deep down, they may have a little confusion. And they may say, I mean, realistically, it could be anybody. Who knows what we're going to do on game one? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Right? Calzada is going to be your man. Two weeks into fall practice, let him win the quarterback competition because he's going to. Name him QB1. And let's practice for a couple of weeks with our starting quarterback so that way on September 3rd, we're ready. We don't have to worry about the growing pains. We don't have to work out the kinks because he hasn't gotten as many QB1 reps in practice as he should have. Let's get that out of the way before we hit the football field on September 3rd against Mercer. And the good thing about it is you do play Mercer and San Jose State back-to-back. So you do have two weeks to get, your, you get it together, right? You have two weeks to figure out your kinks and make sure you're ready to go. But what I'm saying is in the next 50 days... And even less than that, before you hit September 3rd, I want Zach Calzada to be named the starting quarterback. So he gets the reps, the team gets the reps, they have their guy, and it just flows better. There's no confusion. And everything just flows better. That needs to happen before game one for Auburn and Brian Harson and this entire team to have success. I also think that the vibes around this program need to become more positive. And I say that coming outside of the program. I've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, and I've asked you, the listener, how you feel about it. How do you feel about this program right now? Are you positive about it? Or are you still a little hesitant? We've seen it from the national media. Some of them are really, really high on Auburn and think they're going to surprise some people. But a lot of people are expecting the same thing as last year, and Brian Harson to not be here next year. And so... In my opinion, in the next 50 days, you've got to create some positive vibes around this program. You've got to do it from the media standpoint. You want the media on your side, especially in this town. You want the media on your side, local and national. You want them talking positively about you coming into the season and as the season gets going. When game one happens, you don't want the storylines to be, can Brian Harson get it done? Is he on the hot seat? We've already seen those articles. And so really, they're already behind. You want the storylines to be, what can Auburn do to have a successful season? How many games can Auburn win realistically? You want those types of headlines, not can Auburn survive? Can Brian Harson save his job in year two? Those aren't good headlines to have. You also want to have positive vibes with Auburn itself. Let's be honest. Brian Harson, look, he made some people mad a few months ago. He, he ticked off the wrong crowd. But he seemed to know what he was doing. But coming into this season, I think it's smart for him to make sure that Auburn knows he wants to be there and he's doing everything he can to make Auburn better. I think that's really important for him to do. Because again, 
he really did tick off the wrong people. And he did it on purpose because when because they came at him and he turned around and went right, right back at them like he should have. And so I think he needs to make sure that the vibes and the relationship within Auburn and the program, the school, the program, the boosters, whoever it may be, the board, whoever, that all needs to be mended and everybody needs to be on the same team coming into football season. Because if everybody's going against each other and button heads and rooting against your own team, that's toxic. And we're not trying to have that. And if you do have that, you're not going to be successful. You also, if you're Brian Harson in this program and Auburn in general, you need to have positive vibes coming from the fans. The fans' outlook on this season and their optimism going into the season within the next 50 days, it needs to rise. I think it is but it needs to go up even more. When Jordan-Hare Stadium opens up on September 3rd with 80,000-something people, you want all of them to feel good about the season. You don't want them coming in and saying, well, here we go. Let's hope it goes okay. Not sure what we're going to see. Hope we win. You don't want that. You want people excited for the football season, and you want your fans to be supporting the team and the program. That's what fans are supposed to do. You're supposed to be there to support. And I think Auburn fans do a great job at that. But you want that to be the mindset coming into the football season. If the fans are doubting you before game one, you've lost them already. But in my opinion, from what I'm hearing, I think – the, the outlook and the optimism on this program is on the rise. And Brian Harson and this team and this staff and this university need to continue to do that. Build optimism, build momentum, build the excitement and the hype around this team and program. Even if it goes to crap, you at least tried. Instead of just sitting back and saying, eh, we'll see what happens. Eh, whatever. If the fans want to get excited, cool. No, that's not what needs to happen. Because you listening right now, I want you to be excited about the season. I want you to be ready because I know I am. And that's what needs to happen over the next 50 days. And you know what? From what I can tell, the players and the coaches are already there. They're excited. They're ready. They like this program. They like these coaches. The players do. You can hear them talk about it on their own. They're ready to go. I think you're going to hear that at media days next week. And I think you're going to continue to hear that over the next month or two until we get to football season. They're already hyped up and positive and speaking positively and thinking positively about this program. That needs to continue with the media, Auburn in general, and the fans. But within this team on these players, you've got to create that winning mindset if you're Brian Harson. We know, what's the word that I've used for this season? What does Brian Harson have to do? He has to survive, right? And that's what this season is about. But in the minds and the eyes of the players, you can't have that mindset. If they are going into the season thinking, just got to survive, just got to win a few games, just got to survive, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. You're going to lose, and you're going to be fired if you're Harson. The players have to have the mindset of, there's more than that. We can actually go and win some games. Let's try to make some noise in the SEC. So in the next 50 days, I think they're already to that point a little bit, but over the next 50 days, that has to be reiterated from Parson and this entire coaching staff 
we're not just trying to win a few games this year. Uh Uh-uh. We're trying to play spoiler to somebody. We're 50 days away. What can we do today that's going to impact our season in the fall? What can we do in the next 50 days that will make sure we have a positive winning season this fall? That's what needs to happen. And then ultimately, you got to win. You win off the field in these next 50 days, it'll lead to winning when the season gets going. Those are the things that need to happen over the next 50 days because that's how far away we are from kickoff. You may think it sounds like a lot. It's really not. We're less than two months out, folks. We are less than two months out from football season. 50 days away from September 3rd when Auburn kicks off against 2022. There's a lot that needs to happen between now and then, but I think it can be done, and I think it will be done, and I hope that you think the same. Let's take our final break here in hour number one. We'll come back, talk a little Atlanta Braves before we wrap up this first hour here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. We'll wrap it up on the other side of this break. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Lots of Auburn football talk today, but we are going to take a break just for a second, talk a little Atlanta Braves baseball as they are playing their final series uh, before the All-Star break. Of course, the All-Star break is next week. Monday is the Home Run Derby. Tuesday is the All-Star Game, the American League versus the National League All-Stars on Tuesday. And reminder, on Monday, the Home Run Derby uh, at the All-Star Game, it's out in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium. You can tune in live right here on ESPN 106.7 and tune in for the MLB All-Star Game, 7 o'clock Central Time, again, right here on ESPN 106.7. It'll be the national radio broadcast of the Home Run Derby. Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves is participating, so you make sure uh, you definitely want to be um, listening to that and see if he's able to come home and bring the Home Run Derby title with him. And also on Tuesday, the all-star game between the American League and the National League right here on ESPN 106.7. At 7 o'clock, you can tune in for the all-star game. Uh, Again, it's the national ESPN broadcast. You can tune in for that as well. So Monday, the home run derby, 7 o'clock. And then Tuesday, the all-star game, 7 o'clock. Both are live right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn Opelika. So make sure you tune in for that. Excited to be able to bring you that uh, right here. Some local Uh, You get the national broadcast right here in your local area on ESPN 106.7. But talking about the Braves a little bit, and like I said, they started their series against the Nationals last night. They win 5-4. This is a series where Atlanta should be able to take some easy wins. The Nationals are 30-61. and So, I mean, not not super, super uh, good if if you're just looking at it and of course, the series before, the Braves lost to the Mets 2-1 to in that series. But the series before that, the Braves took a, an entire series against the Nationals. They swept them in three games in Atlanta. This series is in Washington, but I don't think that makes a massive difference. You're looking at, at a team in Atlanta that's playing really good baseball and a team in Washington that has probably already given up on the year as we are almost halfway through. Um, uh, I mean, look, the Braves are playing great. Kyle Wright, he gets the win last night. He's now 11-4 and on the year with a sub 
uh, three ERA. He had seven innings pitched, two earned runs, four strikeouts, and a walk. So solid performance from him. The Braves jumped on him early. It was a two to one lead, and it was two two after two. Braves put on some more. They did give up a couple of runs late, but they were unable uh, to get the comeback was Washington so the Braves hold on five to four and they finish out the weekend today tomorrow and Sunday with the Nationals you expect the Braves to win at least three out of four possibly even get the sweep against the Nationals and go into the all-star break feeling really really good about yourselves if you are the Atlanta Braves of course you're still chasing the Mets but not by much and I'm telling you Atlanta is playing good baseball keep it going If you keep doing that, good things are going to happen for the Braves in the second half of the season. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up in hour number two. Stay tuned. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. It is gorgeous outside. Sun is shining, a little bit of clouds, blue in the sky. I know it's hot, but it's not raining, so we should be happy about that. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. If you missed any of our number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I will upload that immediately following today's show. I go, I cut all the commercials out of it so you can go and listen to it commercial free wherever you get your podcast just search on the line again wherever you get your podcast phone lines are open here in hour number two i'd love to hear from you call in be on the line anything on your mind in the sports world anything i'm talking about anything i talked about in hour number one lots of auburn football talk i'd love to hear from you that number is 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 that will put you through to me i will put you here on the line and you you can talk about anything you want to related to sports, of course, 334-321-1390. Well, we got a lot to get to here in hour number two, but let's start it like we always do with making headlines. The big one today, we are 50 days away from the Auburn football season kicking off. That's right. The countdown to 50 is over and the countdown to zero is on. We are 50 days away from the college football season for Auburn kicking off on September 3rd against Mercer, 6 o'clock in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Super, super excited. I hope you are as well. We talked a lot about it back in hour number one. Uh, the games that we're most excited 
excited about, the games I'm most most worried about. Uh, Talked about also what needs to happen in the next 50 days for Auburn to make sure this is a successful season. Talked a lot about that back in hour number one. So if you have anything to contribute, I'd love to hear from you. And speaking of which, we got a phone call. Let's head to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Welcome in. You're on the line. Who am I talking to? Hello, do I have you? Hey, yeah, I'm on. Hey, okay, I heard you. All right, who am I talking to? Hey, this is Matthew. Matthew, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What you got for me? Hey, uh, so I kind of wanted to call and talk. You know, you talked earlier about the uh, expectations around the football team and kind of the the vibe and all that stuff, man. And I just kind of wanted to call, and I hope I'm not going to – I hope I don't make like a like a Paul Feinbaum-esque call, call in here, but uh, um, man, the negativity around the around the program is like shockingly bad. Like I don't understand why everybody is so down. Like like if you look at it last year, nobody ran us off the field. We didn't lose bad to anybody. Um, and then people will give teams like South Carolina and Ole Miss and Arkansas and Mississippi State too, the benefit of the doubt and say that those guys are trending in the right direction where Auburn didn't lose anything that that, that isn't replaceable. Like Bo Nix, for instance, I mean, replaceable guy. I'm just going to leave it at that. And then Roger McCreary, like, yeah, he's playing on Sundays now, but he was human. Um, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't the best corner to ever play at Auburn by any means. But, you know, we, we just – we didn't – we didn't get beat badly by anybody last year, and we've got a whole other year in the system, got a whole other year in the strength and conditioning program. I, I just – it just kind of baffles me that, that everybody seems to think that Auburn's going to win four games or five games this year. Like, it, it just doesn't I, – I think – honestly, I think the floor is seven wins. Yeah. I think that's the floor. Like, like we go five and zero, and then we got to win two more games after that. Like, it's just it's just not going to be that hard. I, and and we're playing the SEC West, so that was probably the wrong way to say it. It is going to be hard. No, I mean, it's definitely going to be hard, but I think the problem with last year was just how it ended. You know what I mean? And I think there was just there's just a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, and it's okay to feel that way because the season did not end well at all. I mean, you have the, the really bad losses against South Carolina, the blown lead uh, to Mississippi State. You lose the bowl game against Houston. Uh, you have a chance to beat Alabama, and you can't get it done. I mean, there's there's reason to feel that way but this is a new season and I completely agree I think there's a lot of talent on this team Uh, Auburn did lose quite a bit but I agree I think Auburn is able to replace everybody that they lost and I think they're going to be better than they were last year right I I, I completely agree with you I just uh you know I, I don't think that the whole um narrative right now going around that we're a five win team is is accurate at all no I agree I agree I I think yeah I think a winning season is 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 definitely in the books for me um it's going to be tough I mean Auburn plays a tough schedule but there's winnable games I've talked about that too but I've also that's why I talked back in the first hour about you know in the next 50 days the optimism has got to rise because if the fans aren't behind the program then it's going it's destined to fail you know especially before game one Right, exactly, and I, that, with, with that, I, you know, I don't understand. Like, like, do people really just not like Brian Harson that bad that they'll they'll risk us being bad 
and potentially, I mean, if we're bad this year, it's gonna it's gonna set the program back five years at least. Yeah, you're right. But so, I mean, if you remember, really if you remember when Gus was here, there were still people. I mean, people felt that way about him too. That's and but that's at every program. That's not just Auburn. That's at every program. There's gonna be people that like the coach and people that don't like the coach, and that's just how it is. That's true. That is true. So Matthew, I appreciate the call. Shoot you, man. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. That was Matthew here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Call in. You can be on the line as well. 334-321-1390. Tell us how you feel about the program right now with Auburn as we are 50 days away from the Auburn football season kicking off. Obviously, you can tell uh, he is very uh, optimistic about the season and wonders why people are maybe down on the season. But I do want to open up to if you are feeling that way and you are concerned about the coaching or the players or the season in general I'm not saying you're wrong because it's your feelings we all can feel however we want to but I want to know why you feel that way and what it needs to what needs to happen for that to change in your mind I would love to hear from you because I've heard both sides but I still want to hear both sides and so if you feel that way give me a call let me know why you feel negative or positive about the upcoming season for Auburn give me a call 334-321-1390 but as we're talking here in making headlines like I said we're 50 days away from the college football season and there's some things that need to happen if you missed that conversation uh, make sure you go and find the podcast I talked about it a lot back in hour number one uh, and including with 50 days being uh, the football season we're 50 days away from that SEC media days is next week in Atlanta and in case you have missed it I will be live from SEC Media Days on Radio Row every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week in Atlanta from the College Football Hall of Fame. ESPN 106.7 will be live there all day, every day at Media Days from 11 to 6. We're going to have the Max Roundtable from 11 to 2 on the line from 2 to 4. Of course, that's my show. And then the drive that comes on after me from 4 to 6, they will be there as well. Here's how it's going to go down. You're going to have the Max Roundtable guys. They go live 11 to 2. Then I'm going to hop on and go from 2 to 4. Dan Peck, who is the co-host of The Drive, he will be hopping on with my show a little bit as well, uh, just kind of pitching in and talking about what's going on during the day. He will be hopping on my show uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then he will stay on and go with The Drive. Bill Cameron, who is the host of The Drive, will be here in Auburn, so Dan will just connect and do the show there from Atlanta. But All four days, all three shows will be live from Radio Row at SEC Media Days. We're going to have so much coverage uh, for you guys, the listeners, on on everything that's said at the main podium from the coaches and the players. We plan on having guests and audio and interviews all week long. It should be a fantastic show. A lot of my regular guests here on the show, I'm going to have them live in SEC Media Days. They'll come and sit down and talk to us like they normally do. But we're going to have them here or, you know, live with the headset. I'll get to talk to them one-on-one instead of over the phone. So really excited to have that as well. So make sure you tune in for that Monday through Thursday, 11 to 6. We're going to have live coverage from SEC Media Days. Everything that goes down, we're going to talk about it on the Max Roundtable, on the line, and the drive Monday through Thursday right here on ESPN 106.7. Moving on and making headlines, the Atlanta Braves 
They beat the Washington Nationals last night in game one of this four-game series on the road in Washington. Of course, this is the last series before the all-star break for the Atlanta Braves and everybody else around Major League Baseball. The Braves right now, 54-37. and They have three more games against the Nationals. I expect them to win three out of four in this series. They swept the Nationals in a three-game series back before they played the New York Mets uh, last at the beginning of this week. So they played that series, I guess, late last week and over the weekend. And they swept the Nationals. They take game one, five to four. Uh, You look at the pitching for the Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright, he gets the win last night after seven innings pitched, two earned runs, four strikeouts, and a walk. Uh, Sanchez for, for uh, for the Nationals gets the loss. But Jansen... He finally gets in. Kenley Jansen, he gets the save last night for the Braves. He comes in with one inning pitched. He did give up a run in the ninth inning, but he had two strikeouts and was able to close the deal on the Washington Nationals. And looking at the just kind of the standings right now for the Atlanta Braves in the National League East, and they're still two and a half games back of the New York Mets. You look at the Mets, 56 and 34. The Braves are 54 and 37. They're still. Uh, half a season left so there's a lot of time for for the Braves to make it up and get get the lead and run away with it maybe you know there's no telling what's going to happen in this division Uh, but the Braves are two and a half games back of the New York Mets and the Mets coming out of the Braves series they win their first game against the Chicago Cubs that's the series they have before the all-star break they won the first game their second game got postponed they play again tomorrow the Mets playing at the Cubs so some winnable games for the Mets as well the Braves got to take advantage we looked at the schedule leading after the all-star break there's some winnable series on the other side and again for the Braves I sound like a broken record but I really do mean it just play solid baseball right avoid the losing streak that's the big thing for me if you can avoid those eight, nine-game winning streak, something like the Boston Red Sox are on right now, the other team that I really like to cheer for. Uh, I mean, if you can avoid those types of losing streaks, you're going to be okay. Because if you look at the Red Sox, they're playing behind the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. And while the Yankees continue to win games, the Red Sox can't buy a win. And when you when you have a team in your division that win, 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 and you're just lose, 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 You lose so much ground so fast. And so as long as the Braves can avoid the losing streak, wait on the New York Mets to blow it some way, somehow, because it's going to happen. I've been saying it. They'll somehow, it may not just be a massive explosion, but I do see at some point there's going to be a changing of the guard in this season where the Braves will take over in first place, and I don't think they'll look back. I hope that's the case. I think there's a lot of baseball to be played left. We're only halfway through the season with the All-Star break, but... For the Braves, take advantage of the winnable series. You have some tough games down the stretch later on in the year. I think the Braves are going to be just fine. Moving on and making headlines, the Open, the one of the biggest majors in golf all season long, has started. It is day two, and let me just go ahead and say, I was very wrong. <laughs> I was very, very wrong about the Open when I talked about it yesterday. Normally, this is a tournament where the winner shoots two, three, four under par, maybe, right? And I talked about why that is. The courses are usually very, very tough. The weather is normally horrible. It's normally rainy and windy and cold, and that's why the scores are usually not very low. But I was wrong. The weather has been perfect. They're playing at St. Andrews over in Scotland, and 
When the weather's not bad, St. Andrews is not a horrible course. It's very flat and long, and of course, these guys can hit it a mile uh, no matter where they're at, what club they're using, and I talked about how I thought the Open would be, again, a two or three under par winner, but the weather's been beautiful, and it's supposed to be even nicer over the weekend, and as you can see on the leaderboard right now, Cameron Smith, 13 under par. He shot eight under today cam smith he is playing unbelievable golf right now the the leader in the clubhouse cam smith at 13 under so let me be the first to say i was very wrong about what the winner was going to shoot i didn't know the weather was going to be just beautiful and not have to deal with that but most of the time in the open like i said the wind is blowing at 30 miles an hour the rain is coming down sideways it's cold as everything like it's normally miserable experiences over there but they haven't had to worry about that. And you can see Cam Smith, 13 under, some big-time names at the top. Cameron Young, 11 under. Everybody's just about done for the day. Looks like they are. A couple of the guys still on the course, but of course they tee off so early over there, everybody's just about wrapped up. You have Rory McIlroy at 10 under. He shot 4 under today. He's 10 under. Victor Hovland at 10 under. Dustin Johnson at 9 under. Scotty Scheffler, 8 under. Adam Scott, 7 under. I mean, just some big, big names on this leaderboard over at the Open. And one of the big ones that did not make the cut was Tiger Woods. He had a very emotional walk on 18 today. You, they saw the video, or they played the video of him walking up the to the 18th green, had his hat off, waving to everybody. It was very emotional. He started you know, choking up, crying a little bit. Uh, and what may be his final open, I'm not sure if it is, but there's a lot of people that think this will probably be his last open championship. I hope not, uh, but... Again, he's just he's gotten to that age and he's had so much happen in his life where it's just tough for him to compete anymore on this level. And he shoots nine over uh, for for the tournament. He shot three over today and finished nine over for the tournament. Of course, he did miss the cut. Some other big names to miss the cut. Phil Mickelson, he shot six over today to finish six over for the tournament. So a bad day for Phil. Uh, the lefty today, Brooks Kepka missed the cut after shooting a four over in the first two days. Uh, Kevin Na, Zach Johnson, John Daly, they all, Keegan Bradley, they all missed the cut as well. But the big one, Colin Marikawa, the defending champion, he missed the cut at one over. The cut was even par. And so you look at some of the big names again. Colin Marikawa, he's the defending champion from last year and he misses the cut. But the big one was Tiger Woods missing the cut and a very emotional Tiger walking up to the 18th green. Will it be his last one? I don't know. I can't speak on that. I don't really know. But a lot of people think that it probably will. And I don't want it to come off that I don't like Tiger Woods. I love Tiger. And I've, watched, I've loved watching him play. I just didn't like when he was in a tournament and was playing really bad and he still got more coverage than everybody else. Look, he's not there on the weekend. He's not going to get any coverage. I just think he's gotten to that point in his life and career. It's just tough for him to play and compete at this level anymore. And the guys that are playing are so good. I mean, guys like Cameron Smith and Dustin Johnson and Scotty Scheffler, I mean, these guys are way too good, man. They're too good. They're younger than Tiger, and they're just better than him now, and that's just how it's going to be. Tiger Woods misses the cut at the Open. That's it for making headlines here on Friday, July 15th, 2022. We've got a lot more to talk about here in this hour number two on this Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Call in. Be on the line. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world that you want to chime in on, call in. Be on the line. I'd love for you to be a part of the show. 334-321-1390. Question of the day. I proposed it back in hour number one. I'd love for you to call in and give me your answer. 
when we're 50 days away, we are 50 days away from the college football season, what are you most excited for this upcoming college football season? It can be Auburn-related, just in general college football, whatever it may be, getting back to the stadium, watching it on your couch, grilling out, having tailgates, whatever it may be, what are you most excited about for this upcoming college football season? That is the question of the day. Give me a call. I'd love to hear your answer. 334-321-1390. My answer when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. A question of the day in case you missed it. What are you most excited for for this upcoming college football season as we are 50 days away from Auburn football kicking off? We are even closer than that than college football in general kicking off. So what are you most excited for for this upcoming season? Give me a call. Be on the line. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. There's a lot that I'm excited for in this upcoming college football season. We'll talk about Auburn specifically and then uh, just college football in general because I love it just so, so much. With Auburn, it really is getting back to Jordan-Hare Stadium. I love I love going to the games. I love tailgating, man. Tailgating is so much fun to me. And, you know, getting up early and going out to the tailgates and, and turning on college game day or SEC Nation, whichever one, you know, both a lot of times, and turning on the TVs and getting going and watching football. I love when Auburn has the night game because then you can tailgate all day, right? You can hang outside with all your friends down there and and be a part of just the massive tailgating that goes down over on campus. And you can go over and bounce around because, you know, multiple tents going on and all of that. You can have all the games going. You normally can watch, you know, Alabama play or another big game around the SEC. And then you get to tailgate all day and then you go into the stadium. When it has the 11 a.m. kickoffs and even the three or the 2.30 kickoffs, I mean, you get a little bit, but not a whole lot. And especially with me, uh, when I was a student, I, I'm about to graduate, so I don't have to worry about this anymore. But as a student, I mean, kickoff, let's see, uh, for a 3.30 kickoff, or a 2.30 kickoff, excuse me, I think the doors would open up like three or four hours early. It was something ridiculous like that. And it, two hours, whatever it was, you had to go in hours before and just stand there. <laughs> like, and, and just sit and not do a whole lot. Now, I would watch warm-ups and stuff like that, but you'd have to leave whatever you were doing so early to go get in line and then get into the stadium. I'm glad I don't have to worry about that anymore. I do have tickets, so I don't have to worry about doing all that. I'll get to tailgate for a little bit longer. But I just like hanging out with everybody and watching the games, eating some good food, and just hanging out outside. I love when the weather gets nice, too, like late October and November, and the you know the weather's nice. It's kind of cooler. You can wear a sweatshirt, watch the games, eat some food, hang out with some friends, you know, play some cornhole, whatever it may be. That is some of my favorite part of, of, of Auburn tailgating around here during Auburn football season. And then overall, what I'm most excited for for this college football season is just watching the games, man. I, I just love watching. The, and I'm interested to see what it's going to look like this year compared to last year. What I mean by that is I always love to see which programs take the next step and which ones take a step back. I'm excited to see the coaches, uh, the new coaches, 
around the SEC and around college football and see what they are going to do with their new programs. I'm excited to see new players in new places. Uh, Bo Nix out in Oregon. I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Of course, they open up the season with Georgia, so we'll see how that game goes down. And really just excited for those big matchups. And, you know, in the SEC season and even in the non-con season as well, just getting up and knowing there's just good football on all day long. I love when there's a game right right there at 11 and then right after it at 2 or 2.30 and then right after it at 5 and then there's a late night game. I just love watching football all day long, whether I'm at the house watching games all day or I'm you know hanging out with friends or at tailgates watching games all day, whatever it may be. I just love the college football season so, so much, and I'm excited for a lot. I haven't really just given one answer. I've had a bunch, but I love college football. I know you do as well. We're 50 days away, and there's still a lot to cover before we get to that point. I'm excited to be able to cover SEC Media Days next week, and then after that, we're just a couple of weeks away from fall camp and practice starting up. We'll have storylines coming out of that probably just about every day, like we normally do uh, every single year when fall practice gets going. We're going to start learning, you know, who wins position battles, especially with the quarterback position. Uh, God forbid we have to get any information on injuries, but I mean that's part of the game. So you know, we'll obviously cover that if it happens. God forbid, and so much more and then once fall camp starts I mean the the hype and excitement really just jumps through the roof for college football season we really start diving into the schedule and start diving into this team and and finding out what we are going to see on the football field this year from Auburn I think it's going to be a great year and ultimately there's a reason college football is the best sport in the, in the world, in my opinion, especially here in the state of Alabama. And I'm also excited for the high school football season. I know a lot of you are really big into that. I am as well. Uh, if, in case you didn't know, I am the voice of the Lee Scott Warriors here, Lee Scott Academy here in Auburn, Alabama, the private high school here in Auburn. It's actually just a few minutes away here from Auburn Network. I am the voice of the Lee Scott Warriors now. I took that over from Noah Gardner. So I'll be broadcasting all of the Lee Scott high school football games uh, on Friday nights and really excited to get the chance to do that, doing play-by-play for Lee Scott Academy uh, high school football and then basketball and all that stuff. But really excited for the high school football season as well, uh, seeing how Auburn High does and some of the other schools around here but Lee Scott Academy really excited to do that that'll be over on AU 100 that's 100.3 on your radio dial Uh, make sure you're tuning in for that all high school football season long really excited for that opportunity I love doing play-by-play it's so much fun and uh, I really enjoy it. Looking forward to the football season. We've got a lot of great things working over there uh, on the Lee Scott Sports Network with Lee Scott Academy. So excited for the high school season as well. Not just college, but the high school season. And then NFL will get started up after that in like two weeks after college or even a week after college. So lots of football. It's right around the corner, folks. We are 50 days away from the college football season. I know you're excited. I am as well. I'm just excited for football in general. Let's just be honest. We love football here in the South, and it doesn't get anything better than here in the state of Alabama. We got 30 more minutes here in hour number two. We'll wrap it up on this Friday edition of On the Line. 30 more minutes. Stay tuned. Jacob Goertz 
on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here in hour number two on this Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Yesterday, I had the chance to talk to Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, like I normally do on Thursday afternoons, and talk to him about everything going on around the SEC. Lots of preview for SEC Media Days next week. Uh, we, we are really excited about that. I hope to talk to him next week live at SEC Media Days, uh, along with some of my other weekly guests. But in case you missed that interview, I'm going to play it here. Uh, it was a really great conversation with Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. Again, lots of information going around around the Southeastern Conference and a big preview of SEC Media Days next week in Atlanta. Talking to Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. Chris, we got a lot to get into with SEC Media Days being next week. But before we talk about that, uh, some news coming out of Tuscaloosa. Auburn fans here may not be too excited to talk about it, but we're going to ask you about it anyway. Alabama has done it again. They've added another quarterback recruit to their class. What can you tell us? Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting because we know, you know they, they picked up the commitment from uh, Eli Holstein a few weeks ago, who was a kid that you know a year ago was committed to Texas A&M, considered a top ten quarterback in this class, and uh, I believe number eight according to the twenty four seven composite. And so you know it's like, all right, well that's one of Alabama's quarterbacks of the future, or a guy who could compete for the job. And they, we, you know, we kept hearing after that they were still in an arch, and and it was funny because it was like, well if they're still in an arch, and what happens with Eli Holstein? And then more and more I started to hear was. Well, Alabama's looking to add two quarterbacks in this class. You know, most most teams at least get one. You know, sometimes you add two in the same class. Um, and so Alabama was looking to add two. And so when they missed out on Arch, everything I kept hearing was they're still pedaled to the metal looking at another high-caliber quarterback in this group. And so Dylan Lonergan from the, the Georgia area ends up committing this week. And yeah, I believe uh, the composite rankings is they have him as the ninth-best quarterback. So literally Alabama just signed the eighth and ninth-best quarterback in the 2023 recruiting class and you know I, I think on the surface you look at it and say it's good for Alabama right I mean you had two really good quarterbacks to a crop that you know you're going to lose um, you know you're going to lose Bryce Young after this season and so you know you start to look at the roster and you wonder you know what's this position going to look like down the road we know Jalen Milrow looked pretty good in the spring and you know he's a young kid that looks like he could be the quarterback of the future um, and, and so there's some openings there, but you know, will both of these guys still be on the roster at Alabama come 2024, 2025? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, certainly one of them could flip before, you know, signing day and, and decide to go elsewhere. But I'd say if you're an Alabama fan, you're happy. You're pleased getting these two kids. This is, you know, if you're not going to get arch, these are two really good quarterbacks, but it is, it does just kind of look like one of those things. Well, you know, if you're Lonergan, why would you go there if Holstein's already there? And if, you know, if you're Holstein and you see Lonergan just sign, you know, why don't you flip elsewhere? Or a one-time A&M commit. They're looking for a quarterback. So um, all that's still on the table, but I think if you're an Alabama fan, you're happy getting both of these kids and certainly have the uh, capability to be the future starter in Alabama. Well, Nick Saban's done a fantastic job recruiting quarterbacks over the years. Of course, these are no different. And speaking of Nick Saban and the conference realignment talks that have continued on through the last few weeks, Saban made some comments about this expansion in the in the so-called mega conferences, and he said more than likely they're here to stay. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I, I, I think he's just saying what, what a lot of people uh, out there are, are thinking. And I know Saban, when he makes comments like this, it comes across as, you know, old man that's not a fan of it and all that. I, I think what he did go off on a little bit more on was, you know, not having the guardrails on recruiting and things like that. But I thought what he brought up with this is the erosion of the competitive balance, you know, and he, he brought up being in the, you know, he said, I was a head coach in the NFL and assistant coach in the NFL for years. And, you know, we had a competitive balance, you know, a team that was bad in one year could get to eight and eight the next year and could be vying for a playoff spot with a couple of free agent additions and all that, you know, so often in the NFL, we see teams go from worst to first. What we've seen in, in uh, college football is it's, it's the haves and the have-nots, and the haves are very few and far between. Go look at since the college football playoffs have been instituted. It's a lot of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson. I mean, it's, it's like the same recurring cast every year in some different combination of, of teams making the playoff every year. So I think Saban was just kind of saying, like, you know, he even said, we're one of the haves at Alabama. So he, when, he, when he's critical and says things like this, it's not – old man being bitter or scared of changes or all that, Alabama's going to be just fine as long as Nick Saban stays there. They're going to be one of the best teams uh, recruiting-wise. They're going to be one of the best teams in the country, and they've even shown even when they lose a game or two or, or don't win the SEC, they still find their way into the playoff more often than not. So uh, when Saban says things like this, it's not saying, hey, things are going to be tougher for me or Alabama. He's just letting everybody know, hey, this is going to be way tougher on everybody else out there. So if we want to make a power conference, sure, Let's go ahead and down, down that path. We'll adjust, but there are going to be other schools and programs out there who are not going to be able to adjust. And I feel like when Nick Saban makes these types of comments, at any time when Nick Saban opens up about the stuff that's going on around college football, the, the, the smart thing to do is to shut up and listen because he's always right in somehow, some shape or form. He's always right about what he's talking about. I think he's going to be correct here, but like you just said, you know, he's okay with it because Alabama's just going to do what they do. They're going to adjust, adapt, and overcome and continue to win football games. Yeah, and he, he singled it out. He said market share is a big part of this. You know, it, it's not like uh, the Big Ten looked at UCLA and USC. Uh, you know, if they were both playing in Salt Lake City, Utah, they were like, you know, oh, we think these two teams are going to be good. No, not only are they big brands, but they're big brands in the Los Angeles market. Now, we can get into the argument on do people even give a damn about USC or UCLA in Los Angeles. I think that's a different conversation. But just being able to go out to advertisers as the Big Ten and say, hey, look, Target or Verizon, why don't you hop on board with us? We're in the L.A. market now. We're on in California mm-hmm. uh, just exposing yourself to so many more eyeballs and, and uh, you know market shares. I think that's what, what the sexiness is. And so you know, I think that's where people are looking. I mean – you know, as big of a brand as Texas and Oklahoma are to the SEC and how much better it's going to make them with two historic programs like that, it does add more eyeballs. I mean, you know, in Houston, you know, I think of a city like Houston alone that has a lot of Aggie fans, they have just as many Longhorn fans there. And so, you know, you have A&M and you got a little bit of the Houston market, but now you got a bigger chunk of the Houston market adding Texas and you add Austin and you add San Antonio and Dallas with Longhorn, uh, you know, grads there. And then, you know, Oklahoma, basically anywhere from Stillwater to uh, all across the state of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, all around there, it's it's, and Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, you got Oklahoma fans are all over that state. So it's about adding the market as well, not just adding the the brands, but, uh, 
uh, yeah, what Saban says is true, man, and that's where I wonder where the SEC is going to go if they decide to expand. I do appreciate the story that came out this week. It says the SEC is probably going to sit tight at 16. I think that's a good thing. There's no reason to keep pushing this thing to 20. Let the other, let the other conferences adapt. Let the Big Ten go to 20 if they want. I don't think the SEC needs to react to that just yet. We've got Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, on the phone. I agree. I think the SEC is going to be just fine no matter how many or how few teams that they have compared to the other conferences. But, Chris, let's talk a little basketball a little bit because the NBA Summer League is going on and not talking the specific results because I don't think either one of us are super, super into the NBA Summer League results. But what is important is the SEC representation and how those players are performing in the NBA Summer League. What's some of the action you've seen from SEC players playing in the NBA Summer League. Yeah, well, I'm actually I'm I'm based out of Houston, and so I actually do keep up with the Houston Rockets pretty well. And I was so excited on draft night where they got not one, not two, but three stars from the SEC in the first round. Obviously, they get Jabari Smith Jr. from Auburn, who was projected to be the number one overall pick. He falls to the Rockets at three. Then they take a kid that that was one of LSU's best players this year, and Tari Eason. And then at the back end of the first, they get the point guard from Kentucky and Ty Ty Washington. And so I love all three kids, and it's been fun to watch kind of their growth and comfort level in, their, in these first few um, uh, summer league games. In the game the other night, Jabari started to click, man. He ended up with 19 points, mm-hmm. nine rebounds, a block, a couple steals. You just started to see the glimpses of Jabari, what makes him such a complete player, not just on the offensive end, which he did very efficiently. I think he was six for 12, three for five from three. But you see it defensively as well, that mindset that uh, the Rockets really lacked last year. It made them one of the worst teams in the, in the NBA. I think Jabari Smith's going to bring that toughness. Tari Eason was throwing down dunks. Ty Ty Washington dishing the ball all over. I think it's a very unique uh, angle. If you're a fan of, of the SEC in general, just these three kids coming out of the SEC one year, all going to the same team with one another, I think they're all going to have an opportunity to really gel and do something special. But particularly Jabari, man, I think, there's nothing against Paulo Bancaro out of Duke. I think he's going to be really good. But I think this is a situation where three, four years down the road, we may be looking back on, man, the Orlando Magic really missed not taking Jabari Smith number one. Because you know, that was the talk for so long throughout the college basketball season. It was, man, Jabari Smith is going to be the number one pick. I know Bruce Pearl even talked about it. Like, this kid should go number one. So I think for him to fall to number three, I think he's going to harbor a little resentment there and a you know, a little chip on his shoulder to prove to people, no, I should have been the, the, the number one pick. I'm the best player in this draft, and we're already seeing it. Although it's just summer league, we're seeing some glimpses of that from Jabari. Well, Chris, we saw his reaction on draft night when he passed up, when he got passed up from the Magic and the Thunder and then was taken number three overall. You could see it in his eyes and his face. It was a different look than what we saw at Auburn. He looked upset and mad all at, and motivated all at the same time, and it's taken him a few games to get going, but like you said, we've seen that glimpse of what we what we know Jabari Smith can do offensively, defensively, and just around. I'm excited to see what he does the rest of Summer League and then into October when the NBA regular season gets going. We've got Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Chris, the big thing coming up, it's SEC Media Days next week. Lots to go on and talk about uh, with Media Days going on next week. Let me ask you this. Which coaches are you most excited to hear from next week at the podium and in Atlanta at SEC Media Days? Well, I I mean, first and foremost, I I really want to hear some more from Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. I would love if they would take 
uh, one more jab at each other. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Alabama is there is there on Tuesday, so maybe Nick Saban. I'm sure he'll deflect. I'm sure he won't want to say much. But man, on Thursday we get Texas A&M and we get Jimbo Fisher in front of the podium. So if Nick does happen to say anything more in the realm of NIL or anything like that or any targeted shots, we know we're going to hear from uh, from Jimbo on Thursday. And Jimbo is Mister Defensive. He is Mister. You know how dare he? Go look at his past. You know all these things that he's out there. So that to me is the first big storyline that everybody wants to see: Saban versus Jimbo, round two of uh, throwing barbs at each other in the media. But I think another one that kind of that kind of intrigues me is on Monday, uh, Lane Kiffin. We'll hear him at Ole Miss. He made the headlines last year when somebody said, you know, brought up Bryce Young making a million dollars in an NIL deal, and he went, "Wow, he made a million! Wow, I, I didn't even know that. That's 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 you know, it was almost like the Ron Burgundy. Wow, you had a whole <laughs> wheel of cheese. I, you know, I'm impressed. Uh, that was almost uh, Lane Kiffin's response last year. So I'm interested to see what Lane says about." about the NIL and really everything in general. Lane never holds back, man. He just tells you how exactly how he feels. So curious to hear Lane's thoughts on expansion and all that. Outside of that, it's just the, the newer coaches. You know, we get to see Brian Kelly in a uh, LSU, you know, with an LSU pin with a purple tie on a Monday at media days. That's just going to be funny and weird to see in person. Uh, we'll see if he pronounces family the right way, not with the Cajun <laughs> twang. Uh, and then Billy Napier, I'm curious to see later in the week on Wednesday. You know what? Uh, what he what he uh, says about this Florida team because I had Phil Steele on my podcast this past week, and Phil Steele told me he thinks Florida is a dark horse in the East. He said they've got the talent. You know, I'm seeing mock drafts that have Anthony Richardson possibly going as a first round pick next year. Like Florida's loaded with talent, man, and they really can play spoiler this year. If they could find a way to hang with uh, and pull off an upset of Georgia this year, they could be right there representing the East this year. So. Um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting to hear what Billy Napier has to say. Obviously, Georgia and, and, and Kirby are going to get the roses thrown at them for uh, you know being the reigning national champs. But I'm also curious to see some of the big-name quarterbacks that are going to be there. A lot of the guys I talked with at the Manning Passing Academy a few weeks ago, but Will Levis from Kentucky I think is a rock star. K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas. I'm excited to see a lot of the big-name quarterbacks, Bryce Young, all going to be representing their teams at Media Day because uh, there's some really, really good star power in the league this year. Well, I'm glad you started bringing up the quarterbacks because I was going to ask you the same question about the players that are going to be at SEC Media Days next week. A quarterback-loaded week for Media Days. Of course, Bryce Young will be there. You already mentioned Will Levis. Uh, just some big names at SEC Media Days in the player realm. Who are some of those players, you know, quarterbacks or, or other positions that you're excited to hear from and, and what they have to say about the upcoming season? Yeah, a few uh, a few notes here that I think uh, are interesting. One, we we know LSU and Ole Miss weren't going to bring a quarterback because they they've got battles on their hands. Um, you know, Alabama bringing Will Anderson, Jordan Battle, and Bryce Young. I think is as big star power as you get. I was a little surprised Mississippi State didn't bring Will Rogers. They're bringing uh, Austin Williams, one of their wide receivers, who actually re- represented them last year, and then a defensive lineman and a linebacker. South Carolina, I thought it would have been easy to bring. Uh, Spencer Rattler, but they're bringing an O-lineman, a D-lineman, and then their wide receiver, D.K. Joyner, who played quarterback in the the, Mayo, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and a really, really good kid, so I'm excited to catch up with him. Vanderbilt is bringing Mike Wright. I thought that was a little eye-popping because, you know, Ken Seals has kind of been the, you know, either the starter or splitting time with Mike Wright the last year or so, so, you know, they're basically all but saying, yeah, Mike Wright is going to be our starting quarterback at Vandy. Um and then just some of the other notes, obviously Stetson Bennett at Georgia, Anthony Richardson at Florida, K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, 
Will Levis at Kentucky. Those are all big name guys. Um, you know, Auburn for not bring, you know, for still having a quarterback battle on their hands, I think is bringing as much star power as anybody. When you talk Tank Bigsby, who's going to be arguably the best, you know, if not one of the best running backs of the SEC this year, Derek Hall, big time edge rusher, and then John Samuels Shanker, who basically outside of the Georgia tight ends, I think is going to be right up there and on a lot of preseason watch lists for one of the better tight ends in the league this year. So, um, yeah, a lot of star power, a lot of big names. Tennessee's bringing Hendon Hooker, Trevon Flowers, Cedric Tillman. So uh, I'm excited to see this, man. For, for there still being some quarterback battles out there, there's certainly going to be some big, some big names at SEC Media Days next week. And, Chris, one more question before we get out of here. Does any coach or team need to have a good day at Media Days next week to, to, to boost their program up in the eyes of the media and the fans? Yeah, I, I, the two coaches I look at most that I'd say are on the hot seat, uh, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, you know, they're bringing a, a wide receiver and a couple of de- defensive players, and, you know, they, they're kind of lacking the big star power. I know they did get one of the top wide receivers uh, in, in recruiting that's, that's going to come in as a freshman. So, you know, they, they, they have potential for stardom, but they still have a quarterback battle going on and all that. I think Eli Drinkwitz has to kind of say all the right things because I think this could – you know, it's very well could be his last year at SEC Media Days. And then I know Brian Harson is only going to be his second one. But, man, just with all the negative stuff that was going around with him, you know, back in January and losing all the, the players to the transfer portal, losing assistant coaches and all that, I, I, I'd like to hear Brian, Brian Harson come in from a positive perspective and talk about the excitement for this season, having his guys now at coordinators. And, you know, I think, uh, I think he's got a real opportunity to uh, – to, to get some positive flow going for them. Uh, because outside of them, I mean, what is it? Maybe Mike Leach at Mississippi State, but they seem to kind of like him and where things are going. So I, I would just say that Drinkwitz and Harson might be the two guys on the biggest hot seat. Hot seat. It's hard to say that with Harson only going into year two and having a massive buyout and all that kind of stuff. But I think Auburn fans are, are just, they were very out on him towards the end of last year. And I think they're excited to get back in with him he just needs to give them some things to root for. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I know you are as well for SEC Media Days next week. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing with the Locked On SEC podcast. Yeah, just LockedOnSEC.com is the easiest way to find us or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On SEC. We're on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And then uh, you know, the video version is up on YouTube. And we've been getting a lot of responses from the video version of the podcast. And uh, this past week we had uh, Colby Wooden on, who was fantastic. Um, you know, really, really good kid at Auburn who's hoping to have a big year. You know, I keep saying this is, this is going to be his prove-it year. He'll be a redshirt junior. And, you know, he's, he has four sacks two years ago, five sacks a year ago. I think, you know, this is a year he could get in that seven, eight, nine sack category and have a monster year and be off to the NFL draft next year. So uh, really good conversation. If you guys didn't catch that, I encourage all your listeners to go check it out. That was my conversation with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast yesterday. Always great talking to him. He always has great stuff. Uh, Hoping to talk to him next week live at SEC Media Days. We'll see how that goes. But make sure you go and check out the Locked On SEC podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to come back and wrap up this Friday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. It's been a great show today. If you've missed any of it, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. I'll upload that immediately following today's show. I go and cut all the commercials out of it so you can listen commercial-free if you missed any of today's show or any other of my shows. Make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. It's been a great show today as we have been highlighting uh, everything to look forward to this upcoming college football season. We are 50 days away from Auburn football kicking off the 2022 season. There's a lot to be excited about, folks. And if you still have doubts about the season, all I can recommend is just stay positive and be excited for the football season. There's a lot to look forward to. I think it's going to be a great year, and I'm really, really excited. Reminder, next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Max Roundtable, On the Line, and The Drive, all will be live from SEC Media Days at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta on Radio Row. Tune in from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. for the best coverage at SEC Media Days. Max Roundtable, 11 to 2. My show, On the Line, from 2 to 4. And then The Drive, from 4 to 6. We will all be live from SEC Media Days on Radio Row, bringing you all sorts of gets, audio, uh, analysis, anything you can think of. We will be there covering everything that happens at SEC Media Days next week. Make sure you tune in. It's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. we got some great guests coming on the show. We'll be interviewing all types of people. You don't want to miss it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tune in to On the Line 2 to 4 live from SEC Media Days. That's it for the Friday edition of On the Line. I'll talk to you on Monday from Atlanta live from SEC Media Days. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.